The demon, let's see, I'm sorry, I'm totally on the notes, <laughs> I apologize, okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I written down the wrong verse. Sahata Tinagadaya Vihata Bhagavatara Vikuni Tapata Vijay Tarabutam Ivabhavat. Struck by the demon's mace, however, the Lord's mace slipped from his hand and looked splendid as it fell down whirling. This was miraculous, for the mace was blazing wonderfully. Even though the demon had an excellent opportunity to strike his unarmed foe without obstruction, he respected the law of single combat, thereby kindling the fury of the Supreme Lord. As the Lord's mace fell to the ground, and a cry of alarm arose from the witness crowd of gods and rishis, the personality of God had acknowledged the demon's love of righteousness, and therefore invoked his Sudarshan-Viscus. As the discus began to revolve in the Lord's hands, and the Lord contended at close quarters with the chief of his Vaikunta attendants, who had been born as Hiranyaksha, a vile son of Viti, there issued from every direction strange expressions uttered by those who were witnessing from airplanes. They had no knowledge of the Lord's reality, and they cried, May victory attend you! Pray, dispatch him! Play no more with him! When the demons saw the personality of Godhead, who had eyes just like lotus petals, standing in position before him, armed with his Sudarshan discus, his senses were overpowered by indignation. He began to hiss like a serpent, and he bit his lip in great resentment. The demon, who had fearful tusks, stared at the personality of Godhead as though to burn him. Springing into the air, he aimed his maze at the Lord, exclaiming at the same time, You are slain! O saintly Vidura, while his enemy looked on, the Lord in his bore form, the enjoyer of all sacrificial offerings, playfully knocked down the mace with his left foot, even as it came upon him with the force of a tempest. The Lord then said, Take up your weapon and try again, eager as you are to conquer me. Challenged in these words, the demon aimed his mace at the Lord and once more loudly roared. When the Lord saw the mace flying toward him, he stood firmly where he was and caught it with the same ease as Garuda, the king of birds, would seize a serpent. His valor thus frustrated, the great demon felt humiliated and was put out of countenance. He was reluctant to take back the mace when it was offered by the personality of Godhead. He now took a trident which was as rapacious as a flaming fire and hurled it against the Lord, the enjoyer of all sacrifices even as one would use penance for a malevolent purpose against the holy Brahma. Hurled by the mighty demon, by all his strength, the flying trident shone brightly in the sky. The personality of Godhead, however, tore it to pieces with his discus sudrasham, which had a sharp-edged rim, even as Indra cut off a wing of Garuda. 
There's more Vaishnava Prabhupada. The context of the reference given herein regarding Garuda and Indra is this. Once upon a time, Garuda, the carrier of the Lord, snatched away a nectar pot from the hands of the demigods in heaven in order to liberate his mother, Vinata, from the clutches of his stepmother, Kadru, the mother of the serpents. On learning of this, Indra, the king of heaven, hurled his thunderbolt against Garuda. With a view to respect the infallibility of Indra's weapon, Garuda, though otherwise invincible, being the Lord's own mount, dropped one of his wings, which was shattered to pieces by the thunderbolt. The inhabitants of higher planets are so sensible that even in the process of fighting, they observe the preliminary rules and regulations of gentleness. In this case, Garuda wanted to show respect for Indra, since he knew that Indra's weapon must destroy something. He offered his wings. Nama O Vishnu Padaya Krishna Krishnaya Bhutale Sri Mathe Bhaktivedanta Swami Siddhamaya Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Chandra Nirvishesha Junyavadi Pashyatani Jai Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Graha Shivasari Gauravati Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 so this great demon, Ranyaksa, he's been creating trouble all over the universe. And uh, he was provoking the Lord. The Lord was rescuing the earth. Actually, the earth fell into the waters because the demon was ravaging the earth of his treasures. So it fell out of orbit. You can imagine this was not an ordinary human being. Ranyaksa was very powerful, very gigantic. And so he's taunting the Lord as the Lord is taking Mother Earth, and, and the Lord is ignoring him and places it on the shore very gently. So then uh, Hiranyaksha starts uh, taunting the Lord more and more, and the Lord says, well, go ahead and show your prowess. Because you speak in these spoken not words. So now there's this very uh, dramatic battle going on between Lord Lord and Hiranyaksha. And the devas, they are getting very anxious for this uh, battle to be finished because Haryaksha has been causing them great trouble. So they're praying to the Lord, please just finish the battle. Um, uh, take care of this situation. So at a certain point, Lord Bohr used his left foot to knock uh, the mace out of Haryaksha's hands. And he very um, uh, wonderfully and the gentleman offered the mace back to him. So if you take the mace back, I'm not going to fight you with that. But Haranyaksha was too prideful. So he, he instead took a trident and hurled it at uh, the Lord. And the Lord used a Sudarshan disc to cut it to pieces. And in this particular place, the, the example is given that in Garuda, he gave his wing when Lord Indra so he had to uh, go to punishment. And so, 
to uh, allow things to happen uh, according to uh, Dharma, because then there's a leader. The root offering is me. And really, um, this is, I only have 15 minutes, so I'm trying to decide what exactly I should say. Um, this is the demon, difference between the demons and the demigods, is the demigods are gentle and they're considerate. And they're caring about um, the welfare of others, and they're caring about how others are treated and healed. In this particular situation, uh, Garuda could understand um, the, the, the higher workings of the uh, leadership of the universe, and so he sacrifices Wing, uh, also knowing the, the mood of Lord Indra, which Indra is known to have a lot of pride. <laughs> so he said, Indra's, Indra's better go have to destroy something, so he offers wings. Yeah, so this is really the nature of uh, saintly persons. And this is actually the nature of bhakti yoga, the emotional service, is doing things out of sacrifice to please God and others. And we see, if we look at the whole spectrum of devotees and demons in the Srimad Bhagavatam, or in our own experience and our dealings in this world, we can see that the more elevated someone's consciousness is, the more they are considerate of others even in subtle ways. It's said in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, um, when he's speaking about those who are dear to him, he says, one symptom of those who are dear to him is that no one is put into difficulty by this person. And this is a, a symptom of a devotee of Krishna, is he's paradukaruti. And this means that he cannot handle, he suffers when he sees the suffering of others. Um, in the material world, oftentimes one person is smiling, the other person is crying. And this situation is, is reversed. One person is on top, uh, they're dominating, the other person is suppressed. Or suppressed. So that's the nature of the material world, where the heart is hardened and there isn't feeling for um, others. And Prahlad Maharaj, he gave the true mood of the devotee when he prayed to Lord Nishingani. He says, I'm completely satisfied. Because those who do sacrifice, who do yajna, to please God and to please his devotees, they gain a, a deep satisfaction. And this satisfaction, it comes from pleasing Krishna and gaining the blessing from, from everyone. Actually, when, when somebody perform sacrifice, you make such a self-sacrifice, they endear themselves to everyone. When we do things that um, are harmful, then uh, we distance others from us. But those who take the valiant path of, of, of performing sacrifice and austerities to please God, they feel the blessings from all everywhere around them. And actually, all the all the devas are showering blessings on them. Everyone, even the demons, even though they want to admit it, they have admiration for these people that uh, self-sacrifice. And this is the secret to bliss of the soul, the awakening bliss of the soul, is sacrificing our immediate gratification and needs for others. And so I was remembering this example of Maharaj Sibi, 
when he uh, when he sacrificed his own flesh because uh, a pigeon was going to be eaten by an eagle. And um, Lord Krishna referred to Maharaj Siddhi, so I found this reference in the Krishna book. When him and Bhima and Arjuna, they went to uh, Jarasandha, uh, dressed like Brahmanas. And um, there's a very wonderful pastime where, where they trick, where they, they invoke the fighting spirit, or the charity spirit of Jarasandha. And so uh, Lord Krishna is telling he says, you know, a great, a great charitable king like you, you would never deny or ignore a Brahmana who comes to your door. So you know, kings like such as you, um, they've, they've become famous throughout society, throughout the world, through their charitable acts. And so he references uh, Mahasiddhi here. And he, must, he also references uh, Rantidev, uh, Maharaj Rantidev. So Maharaj Sibi, so what happened was is because these these kings they were so devoted and so austere and so dedicated to self-sacrifice for others that the demigods wanted to glorify them. The devas wanted to glorify them. So King Indra, he took the form of this eagle. And Agni Dev, he took the form of a pigeon. Just, just to glorify Maharaj Sibi, because they knew, they knew his nature, they knew his selfless nature. So the ego was uh, wanting to attack the pigeon, the pigeon took shelter of the king, and the king said, you know, go away, you can't, you can't you know, attack my citizen. He saw the pigeon as a citizen, but he was uh, very firm and determined, the ego would not give up, he, he demanded um, to have the pigeon. And so the king said, okay, what I'll do is I'll offer you my flesh an equal weight to that of the pigeon. So he begins cutting his flesh and giving it to the eagle. And uh, due to the mystic potency of the devas, the flesh never was equally located the pigeon. So then the king, he placed his whole body on the scale to offer his whole self um, in sacrifice for his citizen. And... Then the devas they 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 gave up their disguise and they glorified and blessed the king for his magnanimous selfless acts. And there's a similar story with uh, King Ratchide, um, how he was known for his austerity and his charity to his citizens. Like he would never endeavor for anything for himself. And uh, the bliss and the, the glory of him and his family is he would just give to all the citizens just to please them and to nourish them and make sure that they were satisfied and happy. And so he had been fasting. This is not natural for him. He had been fasting for 48 days. And his family which engaged in this fasting with him. And in the morning of the, after the 48 days, he sat down to take a meal and a Brahmana came to the door and said, Dear king, I am very hungry. Now these, these persons that are coming are devas. They're, they're again wanting to glorify. Because now, as we're glorifying these two personalities today, these two personalities are famous throughout the universe because of uh, their glorious deeds, because of their selfless service. So the Brahmana was, I'm very hungry. 
So he says, okay, please take, take some of them out. So he takes, and then a sudra comes to the door. He's, gonna, he's, he's preparing to eat. Remember, he had been fasting for 48 days. So the sudra comes and says, I'm very, very famished, very hungry, please see me. So he gives to him. Uh, next person that comes to the door is a very um, uh, like a peasant, and he's surrounded by dogs. And so basically, he's given he's given all his food away at this point. There's nothing left on the plate, and all he has left is some water. And he's very thirsty. He's getting ready to drink the water, and there's a knock on the door, and it's uh, a chandala. The lowest class person, the dog eaters. He says, I, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> Please give me something to drink. And so, Lanzi offers him that day. He gives it everything for his citizens. He doesn't see any difference between the Brahmana and the Chandra. He sees them all as his children. That's how a leader sees um, the citizens. And so, in this way, um, the Devas glorified. And so we, we actually see um, we see things upside down and backwards that the Bhagavad says in Kali Yuga. We see how, like especially, I mean this goes on everywhere, but in Asia, a lot of these parents, they, they push their kids to have high achievement. And because their whole identity and their whole sense of worth is based on like, gaining wealth and fame, prestige, um, high skill and, and art, things like this. When they don't um, fulfill that standard, then there's a, a very um, high rate of suicide that goes on. And uh, many of these children, just these teenagers, young adults, they just commit suicide. And this has kind of been well known now um, in Japan, especially. Um, and so, this same mood of sacrifice, when it becomes focused on something temporary and illusory, first of all, the endeavor gives no satisfaction. The endeavor is just hollow and dissatisfied itself when you're, when you're seeking fame or prestige or profit. And then the end result is misery, it's depression. So we can see that the more we attempt to gratify our own senses, the more ultimately we feel empty and we suffer. But um, when we take on this mood of service, like, like throughout Vedic culture, all the great souls and all those who are followers of Vedic culture, there's a, a culture of, of charity and of sacrifice for others. Of course, this is um, uh, can't be discussed in modern culture, but just, just thinking of the sati, right? Um, we, we can't even fathom that in our culture. But this was something that voluntarily, in ancient times, not, it was not forced, it wasn't artificial. Voluntarily, the woman had, had such a mood of sacrifice for her husband, such love for their husband, that they could not handle being on the planet. It doesn't matter how much sense gratification they may have in their husband's lives. They cannot handle being alive without their husband. So voluntarily, this is, this is a Vedic, not, not in Kali Yuga. I'm not recommending that. So this is just an example of this Vedic mood of sacrifice. They would, they would give up their life for the purpose to be with their husband because um, the husband is their connection to Krishna, to God. And so that, that was um, something in Vedic culture. And 
Um, even in this pastime, we have this famous pastime of uh, Maharaj Ambarish when uh, the Rasa Muni came. Um, of course, usually we think about the pastime in terms of not offending a devotee. And that's the powerful lesson in this pastime. But just think about how Maharaj Ambarish thought about the situation. It's kind of the same type of mood of, of Mother Yashoda, that is called um, conflicting sevas, or conflicting duties. You're doing so nice duties to God, so nice service, that one service inflicts on another service. Like Mother Yashoda, she's nursing Krishna, so she has to stir the pot on the stove for Krishna. So this is, this is wonderful, this is a wonderful life when we have to do another service in the place of another service. This is ecstatic. So Maharaj Ambarish is thinking, well, I have to honor Kadashi, it's a very dear to the Lord, so I have to break my fast during this particular time, drink water, but at the same time, I can't take food before my guests, when the Rasamuni is here in David. So this is the way that the great souls are thinking. And this is the secret of our advancement in Krishna consciousness is what devotion means ultimately is yes, we follow uh, sadhana's practice, uh, we have a science even by Shri Prabhupada, but that's meant to awaken this nature in us when we're simply acting out of self sacrifice for God and others. And when we do that, just like the Goswami, today we're celebrating on the disappearance day of Shri Sanatana Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami, I was just reading a brief biography because I wanted to share something. Um, Sanat Goswami, he was known, of course, the Goswami are known for their sacrificial service. And in Kali Yuga, that's spreading the glories of the Lord, the chanting of the Lord. See, it's, it's Kali Yuga, and the benediction of the Lord is there, and we don't have to offer our flesh <laughs> to do sacrifice. We don't have to do a, a CD there. We don't have to fast for 48 days. Right, because Lord Chaitanya came and he gave us a process of sacrifice that's ecstatic. Chant, Dan- dance, and feast. That's all he demanded. That's all we have to do is chant, dance, and feast and share with others. Um, and so Sri Sanat Goswami, it was the end of his life, he was in his, his 60s, and he had a vow of going around Govardhan Hill and he did a thousand and eight prostrations every day. And his um, deity um, was Madan Mohan, a famous deity in that one. So this deity appeared to Sanat Goswami and said, you're very old, because you don't have to do this, this vow every day anymore. You know, think about being in your 60s, 70s, doing 1,008 Nandavata on Govardhan Hill every day. But Sanat Goswami, um, brushed aside the Lord's statement, and he continued to do that. <laughs> so the Lord, not wanting to see the discomfort of his devotee, he manifested in a beautiful form with Madan Mohan. And he was playing very charmingly on his flute, right on Govardhan Hill, one of the rocks on Govardhan Hill, the Shiva's. And because of the sound of his flute, the flute was so charming, so beautiful, that the stone melted, was melting underneath that. And so, Madan uh, Mohan's footprints are in that stone. And that stone is at Radha Damodar Temple in Vrindavan. 
And, and, and the Lord said, the Lord said this in that song, he said, if you circumambulate this, this Govardhan Shiva, it'll be equivalent to circumambulating Govardhan. And so in this way, Goswami didn't want to give up his dedication to the Seva, his vow to the Lord, and the Lord didn't want to see his, his devotee in discomfort. So therefore, uh, this sweet relationship is taking place. And so um, we can glorify Garuda, the king of birds, who is the, um, the carrier of Lord Vishnu, who's a completely liberated soul, and we can uh, follow in his footsteps of uh, self-sacrifice for, for a higher cause. So it's 8.31, and some appointments this morning. Anybody have any questions? Take Prasanna. Okay. Thank you.